once we did encounter some challenges, because we were part of your network and because I have an investment counselor, I always felt like I had somewhere to go for an answer. Um, I always felt like I had somebody with more experience than me that I could lean on. And if Sarah didn't know the answer, she got the answer. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome to episode 1243-1243. Thanks for joining us today. Today we will do something that we haven't done in a while. And I've been asking our producer to get more of these on the show. What are these? Well, they are clips from our live events. And so we will play a clip from our Meet the Masters of Income Property event a few months ago. And uh, it will be a local market specialist clip. This is a market profile, but it's live. So I hope you enjoy it. We will have that for you in a moment. And I wanted to say thanks to all of you who have expressed interest in our upcoming launch of the Empowered Investor Community. We are very excited about this. We think this will be one of the best things we've ever done. So it's super exciting. And we wanted to ask you, one of the things we want to do in the Empowered Investor Community, among other things, is we want to help you collect rent from uh, tenants who owe you money. And I wanted to ask, just put a request out to all of you listeners, if you have any referrals for collection agencies, collection attorneys, investigators, whatever, anybody who can help collect debts, we want to pass those on to our listeners and members and uh, just share information. So please go to jasonhartman.com slash ask. I have people that owe me money. I got way too much money owed to me out there and I want to collect too and uh, have, you know, used various collection uh, methods over the years with varying degrees of success. And so anyway, just want more input on this topic. If you have any referrals or just suggestions in general, maybe not a referral, but maybe uh, something that's worked for you, we'd love to hear from you. JasonHartman.com slash ask. Also, our upcoming cruise is approaching quickly. So go to JasonHartman.com slash cruise. We've got a great itinerary lined up for that. And uh, we hope to see you there. Remember, this is open to non-members. If you're not a member of the Venture Alliance, you can still come as a guest to that cruise. And we will be opening up membership for the Venture Alliance uh, here in the near future. We do that about 45 days before our Profits in Paradise event, and we will be announcing dates for that very soon as well. JasonHartman.com slash ask with any questions or comments, but also specifically focused on collections. If you have anything for that, we'd love to hear from you about anything, though, at JasonHartman.com slash ask. And let's jump in to our live presentation today. I've always had a very simple approach to investing. Right or wrong, there's lots of ways to skin the cat. It's cash now and cash later. 
See, what I found was being in California, like I told you guys, when I had the headset on and I was looking up these different foreclosure areas, I saw Bakersfield, California. And I started to read up on all the growth patterns that were going to happen. And I'm not an expert on, on data, definitely not. But there were some key fundamentals there that I've later learned to hone in on that gave us quite a run. We went into Bakersfield in the mid to late 1990s and got out in 2005. Pretty good timing. Now, I didn't know that timing perfectly. Like I told you, it's just everyone else is coming in and overbuying. So I didn't know what else to do. But what I like to work in is I want to sacrifice a little bit of cash flow from going to more flat markets because I want to have cash flow and growth. That's always been my way of investing, going from Bakersfield and then going down to Northeast Florida. And there was a fascinating book. It was me and you, Kevin. We were talking about it at lunch the other day. Kevin came to the market. And if you're a real estate nerd like me, you'll find it fascinating. Otherwise, it's like a a math textbook from seventh grade. (laughs) But it was called Grow Rich with Property Cycles. It was written by a Kiwi, a New Zealand guy named Kieran Trask, but he was based off a guy named Homer Hoyt. And Homer Hoyt wrote how the real estate actually cycles in first world countries back in 1933. So this is just post-depression which was fascinating, and you can see it. Again, Kevin, you read it. It, it holds true today, right, of, of what he said the media would be saying, what new builds are happening, where rents are going. And I was really interested in growth because I had been taught to look for certain things. And these were the five factors that he identified. What will drive a real estate market without all speculation, but for real methodical ways up, is economic growth, population growth, affordability, desirability, and healthy supply and demand. Now, if you can get at least three, you can probably get pretty good results. But if you can't get that, you're not. And if you can get all five, man, that's good. And let me tell you, that's very, very hard to find. But that's what brought me to Northeast Florida. That's what brought me to Bakersfield in the beginning with. And again, Johnny Carson made fun of it, but it had a really nice run. One of the key things here that takes New York, San Francisco, Orange County out of the equation is the one right in the middle, right? Affordability just shoots down cash flow. But if you can get all those other things around it, that's the key. And that's what I was learned to look for. But you had to go into markets that had these. So going to Northeast Florida almost 15 years ago, we grew in Northeast Florida to Jacksonville, west into Ocala, and then into a section of Southwest Florida called Punta Gorda, all based off of that five things I wanted to look for. Of course, it had to have cash flow but I wanted to have those five factors. So just we'll go through Jacksonville. In the last two to three years, these are some of the rankings. And just remember those five steps that we just talked about that Jacksonville has had. Markets to watch, markets to watch, developing an economic culture, fastest growing city, best city for jobs, no state, young, educated workforce. I used to joke that when I left California, I saved 10% of my money. And again, I think it was Kevin. He said, oh, no, you're saving 13.2% of your money. I didn't even follow that your state income tax has gone up, but it has. So that was another nice thing. Number four for rent to income ratio. Best city to find work. Jobs bring rents, ability to pay higher rents, right? Top 10 for logistics infrastructure. Best U.S. city to start a business. These are some of the fundamentals of Jacksonville, which is why I went there. And again, I'm not a data expert. But one of my mentors said to me, actually that I met through Tom and a few other people, was follow the baby boomer migration. Where are the baby boomers going? They control a massive, massive amount of money. And it's only going to grow from there. So in 2005, when I was looking around, 
it wasn't that hard. You didn't have to be a research expert to go, where are the baby boomers going when they retire? I mean, everyone watched Seinfeld. We all know they go to Florida, right? So that's why I went to Florida. And I want to stay warm and by the water because I think it's very important to have your investments tie into your lifestyle. I love the beach. I'm in the water every day with my family. I wanted to have the best of both worlds if I could. Buy low, sell high, cash flow along the way. Again, that is the key of this entire book that I read. Boom, slump, recovery. Boom, slump, recovery. It's fascinating to read the different things that'll be happening. Now, we all know when the actual slump of slumps was. It was 08, 09. But where are we at? Well, there's different markets at different points. I have friends that have invested in Vegas, Phoenix. They're already past peak pricing. Does everyone know what peak pricing is? What was stuff selling for in 2005? Basically what peak pricing means right now. Jacksonville, luckily, is still a little below peak pricing. So where other markets have already cycled back and gone up, we're still climbing back out. And I'm okay with that. Because when you think of Florida, you think of Miami, you think of Tampa. These are good markets, lots of economy, but they've already gone up. They're kind of the popular big brother of the state, right? We're a little less known, which I like. Although we've kind of come out of the closet now with our success because of how many things and how many rankings that we're getting. Now, new construction. I prided myself for many, many years. Again, I've been doing this into my 21st year full-time, and I've done over 1,000 rehabs. So kind of that teach a dog, old dog, new tricks is kind of tough. I was that old dog. I fought this tooth and nail. But the new construction is the direction we took our business a few years ago. And there's a couple of reasons why we did that, which I'll talk about. But the main reason is, and these are just samples of some of our work, which some of you have seen, is somebody move the cheese. Who's read this book? Love this book. I'm all about, again, the short, quick, easy-to-learn lesson reads because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm ADD, so that's going to be <laughs> something that I need to keep short. But the cheese moved. So in 2009, 2010, you know, we were able to find, in fact, our sales girl, acquisition girl, Jen's been with me over 10 years. We were writing 30 contracts a week and getting probably 10 of them because the bank was just getting rid of all their inventory, right? And that was a great run. But the market changed. All of the inventory got bought up. Jacksonville became more popular. And then if I want to do what Jason said, new roof, new heating and cooling, new plumbing, upgrade electric, new kitchens and bath, the point I would have to get you guys in at just wasn't working for you guys anymore. It wasn't working for me anymore. So I had to take a hard look at that. And new construction was, again, someone moving the cheese on me. And it wasn't easy at first. We had to figure out building departments and new inspectors and timelines. But that was three years ago. The best move I've ever made. Because I couldn't have continued to do what we were doing successfully with you guys with this market being as popular and as growth-oriented as it is. A couple of things about new construction. Any way you look at it, and again, I own several classic turnkey homes. These have less headaches, new home features, less maintenance and repairs. You can get them in areas that are poised for growth. And if you have a good system like we have, or we've bought into a good amount where we can get our subcontractors down, we can make sense and make them cash flow. You know, the modern construction, that creates happier tenants because there's less vacancy. You get a 210 warranty, which takes a lot of the things out of the equation that we talked about earlier. Because that's two years on the small stuff, 10 years on the big stuff. My job as a provider, I learned this a long time ago, was... I have to mitigate risk and make you money. You can't, if you leave one of the two out, then we're in trouble. 
But keeping that balance has been very, very good for the clients that we work with. There's a high resaleability. Most people hold a rental property for about seven years. Well, in seven years, if you try to sell a new construction property, it only has a seven-year-old roof, seven-year-old AC, seven-year-old plumbing system. That's considered new for a first-time home buyer. And then also gives you time, again, this is one of mine, more time to do what matters most to you. That's what real estate has provided for me, planting the little seeds starting in Bakersfield, California, 21 years ago. Cash now, cash later. So what we basically offer in our market is new construction. I do a few of the classic turnkeys here and there, but again, I've kind of moved the cheese. You can get 15 to 25% down. The average on our fill is right around 30 days. You get a 210 warranty and the management is in place. Now, I'm gonna go over three different types of properties that we work in and then do some Q&A and open up to any questions. So this is uh, properties that we have here with us. Uh, Hammond, which is in West Jacksonville. I think we have a couple of people that own some Cahoon properties in here. This is right next to Cahoon. This is our smallest model, a little over 1,200 square feet. Our properties in Jacksonville that are single-family homes, new construction, will return about 7% cash-on-cash return. Our single-family homes in Ocala will get about 10% cash-on-cash return. Again, the beauty of the Platinum Group, of Jason's group, is that you guys want to put different things in your portfolio. I will not even try to keep up with the cash flow of other markets. That would be silly, and I'd have to take you into dangerous areas of Jacksonville. I'm just not willing to do that. I'll only invest where I personally own property with you guys, and I wouldn't do that for myself. So what I do is we went to the new construction, and this will get you a little lower cash flow, but again, a longer runway, and also, from what we've seen, a greater growth. Because I make money cash now, cash later. Equity growth is a very important part of my strategy. It always has been. And I don't depend on appreciation because I have some cash flow coming in now. But I'm going to do my best to get in the way of appreciation using those five factors. So this is what we do. Three bedroom, two bath. We can go over the sheets with you. On average, again, Jason uses a template formula, which I totally agree with. But I can tell you our new construction vacancy is running below 2% because they're in such high demand. And our appreciation in our area has been a lot higher than what is estimated here, which is a good thing. Now, we do two different types of properties. We do single-family home construction, and we do small multis, duplexes, triplexes, quads. And an important thing that deciphers us from the bigger competitions, from getting wiped out, the big builders in our area, they don't really want to do anything below 240 because they have big overheads and they need to make their spreads. They can't make their spreads on these smaller properties. So you'll see that most of our new construction, again, is between 150 and 180. So we're not competing with the big boys. And another thing the big builders don't do is they don't really build duplexes, triplexes, and quads. You don't normally see uh, Toll Brothers rolling out a bunch of duplexes. It's just not something that they specialize in. They want their custom homes with upgrades. And we all know that uh, that is an ugly word. Who here has built their own home before? Anyone? Do you guys know the ugliest two words in the uh, English language of building your own home? Change orders. Right? You guys remember those? Oh, I hated those words when I first learned this. So a couple of things I'll stop and tell you about right now. For our new construction, we have a no change order policy. Uh, Not only because it was fair, but Jason insisted on it as well. (laughs) So that's a good thing. The triplexes, 
We have two of those here with us right now, two-bedroom, two-bath units. These have done really well for us in the Ocala area. It took a little bit to figure out the building departments and how they worked, but these returns go to about 10 to 14% cash on cash in good appreciating markets. In fact, I'm going to bring up David and Gina are closing this week on two duplexes. They are three of the four units are pre-leased and they're all pre-leased for $50 higher per unit than I estimated. And the value has crept up pretty nicely. That makes me feel so good. That's exactly what I'm supposed to do, make you money and mitigate risk. Ocala is the main place that we're doing our multi-units, although some of you I know bought into our quads in Jacksonville area, and we will have more coming. We only do about six to eight a month. We're a smaller building operation, but that keeps us honest, it keeps us in good shape, and keeps us from forcing deals. And that's really important to me. So single-family homes, multis. And then like we talked about today, which I think Jason wants to have me on the podcast so we can have a fun argument about the short-term rental market. Uh, Short-term rentals. And again, these are all of the performers for Jason's group. This is not something I'm doing on a large scale, but I own a few myself. And it's been, again, an aha for me. Because what I was told is you cannot cash flow expensive properties, right? Have we all been told that for the most part? Except if you go from a monthly to a weekly. And from our monthly to a weekly, now all of a sudden, can you hold a property that's poised for gross? Again, on a barrier island where there's a ton of home ownership, but also they allow short-term rentals. I've seen that the growth has been substantial for us and the cash flow can be about 10%. To have a cash-on-cash return in an area like this used to be impossible because we either looked at it as monthly or like I told you, is there any people here from New Jersey or the Northeast? Okay. Raise your hand proudly. We're okay. We're not all jerks. It's a cliche. Again, it used to be between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Those were the only months it rented, right? You'd call the the rental agent down the Jersey Shore and and you'd order your house for the weekend, but it died after that. When you go to certain areas like Colorado, like I've seen, more affordable areas of California, although those words don't go well together, and where we are even in Orlando, this has become a good thing. Now, there's some pros and cons like Jason talked about, but again, these are three that we're going to be selling, four-bedroom, three-bath, with a pool, uh, which we found to be important, uh, and producing, again, when all's in, about 10%. Now, I figured I'd go through a few Q&As. They've given me a half hour up here, but I really don't want to take up too much of your guys' time. The one thing I wanted to say was definitely that story that Tom sparked in me. I love overturning the odds. I love being told something's impossible and then proving them wrong. Like, does anyone else not enjoy that? I really enjoy that. And I think this is what real estate investments can do. You can define who you want to be. You can have a way to get the things that you want, and you can do it on your own terms. Super important. I'll get to some questions in a minute, but I'm going to answer some Q&As, some FAQs first, okay? The people that I work with and have subcontracted out have managed my own portfolio for many years and done it well. I don't like to manage property. Jason and I are the exact opposite on that. And I think, Jason, your mom, you are like an expert at managing. I stink at it. I know my, my flaws. I'm not good at managing my own property. In fact, when I first moved from Bakersfield to Jacksonville, I hired and fired four property managers. Four. And then I took them in-house and was managing over 100 houses. I hated it. And finally found this group, started to sub them out. They do a better job than I do. 
Now, something interesting too, because it's a family business, is the owners of the property management company I went into my building partnership with. Now, this has been a very good accountability piece for us. Why? Because it's one thing to have a warranty. It's another thing to have a warranty and know where to find the builder. And very, 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 very few builders are tied into a property for the long term, right? They give you a warranty, but they're not there. We have taken an obnoxious amount of time with our building partner, since he's also managing them, to figure out the best ways to tweak, whether it's the wood plank flooring, the stainless steel appliances, the granite countertops, what brings the people in, what's most durable, because they don't want to inherit headaches. They want to avoid headaches because they'll make more money easier. But I do not personally own them. I have no financial interest, except for the fact that my personal portfolio is there. What is the average build time for new construction? Uh, Six to eight months. However, for having this event, we have properties that are ready in the next 60 to 90 days that you guys can can buy because we want to make sure if some of you want to get in quick, we can get you in. If some of you want to be delayed out, we can delay out. But the average build time, six to eight months, we have plenty of properties here that are 90 days or less if you're looking to get in. Do you need a construction loan? A lot of times when people hear that we're building new construction, they say, oh, we must need a construction loan. I've heard those are difficult. I heard they're a real pain. And yes, they are. You guys don't have to worry about that. You are buying a finished product. Whoever you're going to, they're getting you a permanent loan for the final product. All that's required for us is $5,000 deposit down to secure the property. And then about 120 days before the property should be done, when final permits are pulled, you need to put up the remainder of 10%. But again, you do not need to get a construction loan. It is a totally different piece of paperwork, totally different risk that puts you guys at a higher risk. Again, to alleviate risk, we are on the hook until it's a finished product. So that gives one more less step for you guys as well. Now, how do you handle the concern of rising interest rates? I've talked to a number of you on the phone, and interest rates are a huge bit of conversation right now. Huge. No matter if you're going into my market or other markets and saying, gosh, are they going to raise? Are they going to raise? What I tell you to do is let's look at what's happening right now because people spend so much time worrying on this. Not that you shouldn't be aware of it, but it just drags you down. And two things you need to remember. First off, interest rates right now are at a two-year low. That's nice to know. Secondly, if you are concerned about the six to eight months, you can pay for a lock. Sometimes it's free up to a certain amount of months, and then there's a small fee. So if you're wanting to hedge against that, you do that into your numbers. But the way that we work against the rising interest rates is right now, as Jason said, the Fed is probably not going to raise anything for the rest of the year. So you're at a two-year low. And if you really want that extra side comfort, you can lock in the rate. Very, very simple. This is one that you don't want to spend too much time on because there's easy solutions. So that is all of my questions. I wanted to open it up to more questions and answers. Again, I think that if I can recommend one thing is you guys have great options. I'd be the last one to say, come to Jacksonville and, and buy you know, all your properties here. There's other good markets. There's lots of a good team effort here. You can definitely work together with your coaches. Again, we're just a great option for that hybrid market of cash flow and growth. So any other questions real quick? Matt, you had one? Yes. Uh, so for your, your development, uh, do you cap the percentage of the 
Yeah. So the question was, do we cap the amount of rentals compared to owner-occupied? The answer is yes. So one of the ways that we find a lot of our properties, like Pritchard Point, which I know a few of you have properties under contract then, we bought out the remaining lots that were already there from one of the big builders because they must have ADD too and they moved on to the next big project. So what we did is we bought into an existing area that was already up and going. The majority of those were already owner-occupied. And then out of the, let's say, 20-something lots that we bought, my building partner has a retail arm. I don't want anything to do with it. He invited me, and I said, I don't want to work with retail buyers. I like investors. So he sells a certain percentage of those to retail buyers. So everything that we're doing, whether it's Pritchard Point or Ocala, those are, there's a division of it. And we go into areas like Ocala, for example, 81% when we went and checked it out in 2015, 81% of all properties were on rock which meant there was plenty of room to grow. And also the 19% that were left for rental were real crap. So new construction you know, was a nice place to be in. So yes, we do do that because we buy in existing areas where there's a large amount of on a rock. Uh, yeah, so those ones that I showed you right there in Volano Beach, those are new builds. They'll be done in six months. I have done some new builds, like Gary and I forget who else have bought the short-term rentals there. So yes, we do new construction short-term rentals. Those come with the same warranty. Uh, perform the resale for short-term rentals? Do they outperform in terms of return or demand for those? Well, I can, if you're returning 10% on a short-term rental in the area that normally if you just bought it and rented it, you'd be in negative cash flow position... Does that make sense? The short-term rental thing allows you to buy a property that you wouldn't otherwise be able to make sense of, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's yeah. just a different business model. So. Hey, we, Sepan has a question and we got to go. So, oh, one more here. Who's... Yeah, just a quick question. So you mentioned 15 to 20% down on your properties. How I understand most lenders lend on 20% down. Is, is yeah. there something I'm missing with that? Well, we have a local person for our short-term rentals. They like short-term rentals. So they'll do 15%. And then you can talk to some of the other brokers. Most do want 20%, but there are some that go to 15%. So it depends on the property. I know for our short-term rentals, which again, we only do a few, but we have uh, a 15% down lender that's local. Okay. And Sepon had a question, Carrie. Right. And then Drew, are you ready? Where, where did you go, Drew? Just a real quick question about Ocala. Can you just... Uh give a highlight of the industry and the type of uh, job that the tenants uh, have over there? Sure. Real quick on Ocala. So Ocala, just west of Jacksonville, honestly, when I went out there in 2015, I thought it was 10,000-person market. I just didn't know anything about it. I never paid attention to. Marion County, where it's in the middle of, is over 400,000 people. To the north of Maine, Ocala, is Gainesville, University of Florida, many of medical centers. To the south, by about 12 miles, is the Villages. Has anyone ever heard of the Villages? Yeah. I think it's the second largest retirement community and growing in the U.S. It's like Disney World for, for young retirees. So we're set right in the middle of that. And in Ocala, besides being the equestrian center of the world where there's all the schools and all that and John Travolta's farm, there's also the shipping logistics uh, FedEx just set up a $200 million plant there for, for their shipping logistics. There's a small infrastructure of main business and then those two outfeeders right there. The Again, 81% of the homes when we went there were owner-occupied. The remaining rental property there was really crappy. 
So it puts us in a great position. Again, I think David and Gene is the perfect example. Two duplexes closing this week, three of the four units rented already, pre-leased, $50 higher than what we had even estimated. So it's actually been the surprise runner for a market. Thank you. So if you guys want to talk to us, we're here all week, all weekend. My son's here getting to learn and soak up the knowledge, which I'm super excited about. Love to work with you guys, talk with you guys. Again, either way, whether it's me or another person, just get an educated understanding and take action because it's done way more good for me to take action than not to. So appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, hartmanmedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own, and if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.